0: As promised, we are back on Professional Wrestling, the podcast for bros and semi-pros. Jonathan Cohen, The Chosen Lawyer, back with us again, the one, the only, from Hamilton Pro Wrestling. He is the champ with much, much gold. He's Bruiser Battersby. Bruiser, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. So before we jump into wrestling, Bruiser, I got to ask you some style tips, okay, because I had some realtors in on my on a different program of mine, The Chosen Life, and we were chatting it up and talking about men's style. I wish Mason Rush, my, my, my protege, was here, you know, as his wrestling manager. So we talk about all the time, what is a proper style, not style. First and foremost, when you see you, whether it's the camouflage, whether it's on the street, it's the beard, okay? So I've seen some of your early work, and you used to be clean-shaven. Yep. You came to the beard side. I did, Yep. So how long did you carry that beard? How do you
1: maintain that beard? What's the story of the bruiser beard? Uh, the beard, I just, it was the one winter and it got real cold. And like you said, I was clean shaven. Uh, my, my shoe job's in a, in a tire shop, so it gets, it gets pretty chilly out there. Yeah. So I just decided to start growing it out. The first couple months, I was really unsure of it. it. didn't look too good. But then it got to a certain length, and I was getting some compliments on it. So decided it was here to stay. Uh, as far as maintaining it, uh, I've read you're not supposed to wash your beard every day. But I work in a tire shop. It gets real dirty. So I wash it every day, uh, beard oil. And then once it dries, a little bit of beard balm to keep the shape. Comb and beard, uh, a beard brush, and that's it. I do let it get pretty crazy. I don't, I don't go too, too wild with the grooming of it.
0: How much time does a beard need per day on the average
1: in maintenance? I would say it only adds maybe ten minutes to my routine. Not, not too crazy. How often does that beard get trimmed or shaved? Once a month, if that. I like I said, I let it go, man. I let it go wild. What does wife you think of the beard? She likes. Well, she says she likes it. She says she likes it.
0: I just, you know, with your persona and 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 the survivalist and the outdoorsman and the champ and the camouflage, I can't picture you without that beard now. Like it just doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. And truthfully, it probably adds maybe about ten years, but that's not a bad thing. Like if we were to shave you down right now and there was and you were smooth, you would look like a twenty year old. Like you yeah. you and even still you all can see this you know him from the ring you know how tough and ferocious and you meet him on the street this is a guy like you ask him for a toonie he'll give it to you you know like he'll give you the shirt off his back like you are the gentle giant you're a really good dude but when you get into the ring it's all business it's all business Yep. i love how there's the two sides because everybody just assumes everybody in the ring that's how they are in life like you go meet mommy she'll knock you down she'll yell at you Probably not. The, the meanest people in the ring are actually the nicest people on the streets.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny, the, the contrast you get. Um, some of the best people I've ever met have been in the wrestling business, and when you see them in the ring, they're they're flipping people off, they're making little kids cry, but then you, you see them in the back and they're super respectful, they're giving everybody hugs, and, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you. Yeah. It's, it, it is wild to see the contrast. And you're also rocking the hairdo
0: because there's, let's see it. There it is. So we had a couple of uh, guys in here that were telling you about style. One has the gelled hair. He spends two hours on it. The other one is rock. I I can't say bald. It's a shaved look. He corrected me. I told him I'm not an anti-baldite. Like, I get it. Like, Mason's rocking as well. But, man, there's something special when you rock the shaved look. It's sexy as heck, and it's ferocious. Yeah. And that's where, again, like, you know, even if you could grow a ponytail, anything, I like the shaved look with the beard, man. It just gives that real mojo.
1: Yeah, it, it's a good look for sure. And I've had promoters tell me, keep it. Don't don't change it. It works, especially with, with the contrast, the nice long beard, clean shave. Um, I actually used to have, like, long, like, skater boy hair, like Justin Bieber Flow through high school, uh, and then I don't know. I think I was seventeen or eighteen, just after high school. I decided I don't want to deal with this anymore. Shaved it off, and it just it fit.
0: I used to have an afro, believe it or not. So really? back in the day, yeah, yeah <laughs> they called it jufro, but I had the giant afro, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's that was a look I rocked at thirteen. Yeah. A couple of wrestlers that come to my mind immediately. First of all, Baron Corbin. You know, when he went to the shaved look, definitely went up, 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 up. Um the one that we debate now a lot because uh, I know you're WWE guy, Karrion Cross. I don't mind the hair look for him, but a lot of people are saying he needs to go back to the shaved look. That's where he was the NXT champ. That's when he was most ferocious. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with them on that
1: one. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree either. Uh I think it it adds it just adds a layer of like grittiness. It makes it makes you look mean. And mean works in wrestling.
0: Yeah. Now for all of you that love good Instagram accounts, you love good social media. Survivalist, Bruiser, Batters, bee, Man, you show us your real life. You're not sugarcoating it. It's not kayfabe. This is the real thing. First and foremost, man, is that the same carp that you're carrying around to every single shoot every time you're fishing, or is that a different one
1: each time? Different one each time. I think I've only ever shared the same fish once, and it was uh, maybe twice because it was a special catch. It was, you know, and I even I posted it as Throwback Thursday because I don't want any, uh, any misconceptions. They're all different fish. They're all different.
0: Yep. Folks, if you've ever fished, you ever thought about fishing, you're interested in fishing, or you're just interested in fascinating lives, you're living a chosen life, man, because you, the survivalist idea with the camouflage and everything, that is you. Yeah. And that is damn impressive. You're a member of the Canadian Carp Society. Yes, I am. The uh, CCS. And uh, why carp? Why fishing? What's the story there? And how did that transfer into the world of wrestling?
1: So it was... Uh, I, I always fished growing up. My, my, my father and my brother, we'd go away once a year and do a three-day long fishing trip with a bunch of other guys. But it was always walleye because we wanted to catch and eat the fish. Uh, so we'd, we'd have a, a weekend-long tournament Biggest catch wins. There were a couple different prizes, whatever. Um, and then we we would do a, another cottage trip, and we'd fish off the dock, and we'd catch hundreds of little sunfish and perch and whatnot. Um, and then, few it was just a few years ago uh, I started doing a lot of fishing in my in my spare time. Uh, I'm really blessed in the area I'm from. There's fishing everywhere. You can't drive. 10 minutes without finding a fishing spot there's the niagara river the welland river you got the big lakes lake ontario and lake erie and there's there's just so many opportunities so we were down at the uh along the niagara river in the gorge we were bass fishing and we're not catching anything and all of a sudden i see these monster fish swimming around i didn't i didn't know what they were i just see them and i'm like that's got to be a 40 pound fish what is that and i'm dangling my worm in front of it trying to get it. it's not interested. Turns out it was a carp they're not they're not interested in lures and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so I go home and I start researching like how, how can I catch these? Uh, I start putting together some different rigs and different bait. and then it, it was probably two three months I kept going down trying to catch them trying to catch them. That water's really tough with the current. It, you get you lose a lot of a lot of hooks, a lot of line down there. But then i finally hooked into a carp it was a 13 pound carp out of the niagara river and they're strong man they're you, you catch one out of the lake they're strong you catch one out of the river where they're fighting the current all the time they're it, it's insane the power they have i hooked into this fish it took a 60 70 yard run just peeling line out of my little bass rod i eventually get it in the net and all of a sudden, I'm holding up this, like I said, 13-pound
0: Like It's not like this, folks. It is a Yeah, well, I'm not exaggerating. It's, no, th- it's I've a seen few the pictures. Yeah.
1: And how much do they weigh, roughly? Uh, a small one is like 7, 8 pounds. Okay, and then a bruiser one? A, bru- <laughs> a bruiser one, anything over 20. Uh, biggest I've ever caught was 36, 36 pounds.
0: If you all just think 20 pounds, that doesn't seem too much. You know, I go down to the gym and I curl a couple 20s. Go take that 20, go throw it in the water, put your line on it, and it's not resisting you, and see what it's like to reel that thing in, yeah. right? Yeah. Now imagine it's moving on you, buddy. Like it could pull out your shoulder, right? It's yeah. not a joke.
1: Yeah. We actually, I was just away. I took a nice eight day vacation up at a cottage. We were fishing, mm. fishing all week. Yeah. And by the end of the week, I was getting fish onto the rod. I'm like, my back's gonna cramp up. I need a minute here. I'm like trying to hold the rod all different ways because my shoulder's starting to get tired. But yeah, they're they're no joke. Um, carp tend to get a bad reputation as a as a trash or invasive fish. Uh, they're not invasive. I'll put that out there now. Uh, they were introduced to our waters in the 1800s. They're what's referred to as naturalized. So they're an established species here, uh, and they fight. The only other fish that fights like it is salmon. You know, a lot of people talk about bass being the best pound-for-pound pound fighting fish. Nothing against bass fishermen, but I've caught four-pound carp, and I've caught four-pound bass. The four-pound carp fights harder every single time. These, these fish, I, I've burned reels out. I've literally melted the the reels and the, the gears inside because of how hard they fight and how hard they pull. So. You should see your eyes with the passion when you talk about fishing, man. Fishing
0: and wrestling—like you are a man's man, yeah. for sure. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, other forms of hunting or just fishing?
1: Just fishing. Uh, I've always wanted to get into into hunting. Um, I was actually talking to Mason about maybe getting into it with him, uh, as I know uh, I know he he knows of some some areas that we could do it in. Uh, I've. I went for my possession and acquisition license so I could start getting into it, yeah, yeah. and I had all the paperwork, and I moved, and I lost all the paperwork. Oh, no. So, I've been uh, I've been trying to get, I've been trying to set up another course so I can so I can get it because it's definitely something I want to get into. You guys
0: are literally brothers from different mothers. I mean, and owing him for the amount of years that I've known him, the man loves the outdoors, loves hunting, pickup trucks country music like this guy was made and, and and then you are the survivalist like i said you guys should be the, the outdoorsman that should be your freaking thing as a tag team it'd be amazing yeah just because you, you guys can come out in the camouflage because it works it works maybe you have a pickup truck drive you down to the ring yeah yeah you know but it, or, or the or you can borrow one of the stone cold ATVs. Yeah. but it has to yeah. be the uh, camouflage one but that's where a thing in any walks of life whether you're a wrestler a doctor a plumber whatever you are when you bond with somebody in common interests, it's amazing. Then, when you go to your profession, how well you guys can speak because you guys speak the same language out of the ring, non wrestling. So re- wrestling talk will be much easier, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know, I didn't know Mason at all, right? I, I had heard about him from from Rip Impact that mm-hmm. Rip, Rip refers to him as the jacked guy. I trained from Toronto, so. uh I, I didn't know anything about him other than that he's jacked and he's got a lot of promise in the ring. Uh, I saw him. I met him at at his debut when he when he debuted. Uh, I think it was at the same show that I debuted at a year before, and uh, I I could just tell that we we would get along. Uh, so I shot him a message, asked him if he wanted to train. Uh, we got down, did a training session, and then we got we got talking, and I realized we got a lot in common here, brother. We we started talking about me coming out to his property and spending some time there because, yeah, yeah, we, we got a lot in common. Well, this is the body that uh, Mason Rush built.
0: So I've been training with him for about four years now, and we were always talking wrestling. We always, like, we train, we put wrestling theme songs on, and that's how we do our time in the gym forever, and just before he entered professional wrestling. And I thought I was going to be a manager, and... I had a theme song already because I do that because that's that's the kind of life I live, and you your name came up so often, and I said I said to him like, man, I was DMing him and like he's a really good dude. Wow, like you know, there's a lot of people that are just real jerks out there or the quick answers. Like you are a good dude, and I said this is the kind of guy we need to be talking to and everything else, and you can feel the energy, you know, like it's funny how you come together, and that's one of the things I've noticed in wrestling in general, and whether you're in the indies or in the pros. Locker room matters. Like, people get along, don't go along. If a person has a bad rep in the locker room, no matter how talented they are, I don't think they're lasting. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. There there's some people who are very, very good in the ring that I know who have been disrespectful to the wrong person or, you know, stories came out about things they do in their personal life, things like that. You don't see them around anymore. Yeah. They promoters they don't want anything to do with them everything's online these days so fans find out about it they don't want to support shows that are booking these guys or girls um yeah no it, it matters you see these these people who aren't friendly and aren't respectful to their peers they end up having to go their own way and start their own promotion or start their own school or mm-hmm. something like that because nobody wants anything to do with them.
0: And that's where it's so refreshing to be around good energy like yourself, Mason Rush. Mason came from the world of doing CrossFit and gym life, Muay Thai. So he knows the etiquette. He knows, you know, when you're when you when you're competing, it's one thing. When you're out of it, you're bonding, you're gelling with the people. I could tell you're the same way with it and no surprise then that you guys got along. And this is where you got to be in life because people have to realize, you know, if you want to make it in the world of professional wrestling, they think, you know what, I'm going to go get jacked and that's it. Getting jacked is one thing. It's another thing. You actually have to learn the art and the sport of it. You know, you're not just going to go in and just instantly do backflips. You're not going to instantly come and do elbows. Like you hear interviews now with Hulk Hogan and he says... Man, I wish I hadn't done that leg drop as my move because now I'm crippled. Like, it, I had to do that drop every time. I would have done something totally different. Yep. But today versus where you guys were 30, 50 years ago, you have this information. You know which moves are harder, easier on the body. You're you're training together. You're coordinating. When people say, oh, wrestling is fake. Really? I I see Mason afterwards. I see the bumps and bruises. I see when he's limping for a day or so, like... It's taxing on the body, you know, but when you you're putting the time into the gym as he is, you know, the better you take care of your body, you're eating well, the body recovers a lot better. So the people that think that it's naturally fit, they can naturally do this. I think even if you put the time in and you learn the art of wrestling, if you're not taking care of your body in the background, it's not going to happen for long. That's why I think we saw back in the 80s, all those guys that vanished, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old. Because they didn't know about stretching. They didn't understand the art of recovery. They, they didn't understand the importance of sleep, water, not filling your body with alcohol and drugs. And you go on that kind of diet, it ain't going to last long because uh, I, I always say it's like a circus, but man, you could be living out of a suitcase sometimes. Yep. You got to find those gyms at late nights. You have to find where to eat, not eat garbage, right? So it can be a real challenge in the life of a wrestler because even WWE guys yeah, go find yourself a car and we'll see you at the next show. It's not like you're flying on private jets.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, you've you really got to... You, you, you got to know how to manage your time. You've got to be willing to do the long night to, you know, do the long road trip and then find that gym that maybe doesn't have all the equipment, the fancy equipment that you like. Or, you know, you, you stop at a restaurant with some of the boys after a show and it'd be really nice to just get five pounds of wings or, you know, deep fried, whatever. Sometimes you just got to order that chicken Caesar or something. You know what I mean? Um, Cause yeah, you got to take care of yourself. You can't just walk into the, into the wrestling ring and expect to start just doing power bombs and flips off the top rope and stuff like that. There's nothing that can condition you for wrestling other than wrestling, but you've also got to, condition your body outside so that it's ready for it you can't just go into the ring and expect to get in shape just doing that your body won't let you you've got to put the time in in the kitchen put the time in in the gym and then put the time into the ring it it will all come together but you know i i've i've seen guys come in and they just want to learn how to do the cool like i just want to choke slam and powerbomb people it doesn't work like that. Okay, it, Big Bill. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't work like that. But even a guy like Big Bill has clearly put the work in, right? Like, he, mm-hmm. he's in incredible shape right now, and he, he can work. If he didn't take care of himself outside of the ring, he wouldn't be where he is, right? And
0: that's where I was going to say as well, and, and I agree with you on that on all fronts, a guy like Big Bill will make it ultimately because he's physically fit. He puts the time in to learn the art of wrestling, he has the energy, the soul, I would say. Yep. I would ask you because my conception of wrestling and tell me right or wrong, I think the hardest part is the mental side of it. And the mental side being it doesn't come right away. Mason Rush says it all the time. You got to pay your dues. You got to pay your dues. Yep. And anything you do, especially in wrestling, there's something about paying dues. Every time you go to the next level... You got to pay dues. You know what? You're not going to be instantly there. You may have to lose a couple times. You may have to build up stamina. And the ones that I tend to see that fall away more are the ones that are not mentally strong. And I mean, if everybody's mentally strong, everybody would be the champ. Everybody would be successful. The champ is the one that can mentally understand you know what? It's not always going to go my way, and I'm going to come back even stronger. Um, talk about the mental side. As we're in today's episode, I'd like to hear more about the mental side of wrestling and the fatigue in the mind. And saying, you know how you know how do you push through mentally and take yourself to the next levels when it's so easy to give up?
1: Well, I would. Uh, I'd say, as you as you said, not everyone can push through it. Um, it it is taxing to. You know, you've got two, three shows in a weekend. You've got to map out how you're going to get there. Am I going to go home for the night? Am I going to stay over in town and spend half my pay on a hotel and and that kind of stuff? Um, for me, it's I try to remember it's not about me. Uh, I remember being that kid watching wrestling, and it's like it's just an escape from reality, right? Uh, you watch. The big show, you know, the the WWE on TV. You see guys like Cody Rhodes come out, and they take that extra second to hug that kid in the front row or yeah. give him his strap or whatever. That's what it's about. And even you know, for myself as a heel, the the guys when I come out and there, there's a group of guys with Bruiser Suck signs and they're having the time of their life heckling me. That's who it's for. It's it's not for me. So I really try to remind myself of that because without any of the fans obviously none of it's possible um, the other side of it it's it, it's nerve-wracking obviously you going out in front of whether it's 30 people 300 3000 you get the butterflies you get the anxiety right um, i i'm kind of at the point where the day of i'm not too nervous until if 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 I'm opening a show, Mm -hmm. when those doors open, uh, now the nerves start to kick in. If I'm later on the show, the match before mine, now the nerves start to kick in. But that's when you use your, you know, I'll start doing push-ups and jumping jacks and stuff, get the blood flowing. And then just remind yourself, like, the people out there, they want to have a good time. If they're here and they don't want to have a good time, that's not who you're doing this for. Um, So... That that's that's kinda how I keep my
0: myself in check. Yeah, that, yeah,
1: that's a, you know, you just gotta keep perspective and, and understand that it's it's not about you. And, and even to you know, to go back to the paying dues. Some guys hate being told yeah, you know, you're losing this match or no, we're not putting the title on you, or we're going a different direction with creative. I've never been that guy. I may maybe when I first started a little bit, but it's, it's all about the show and it's about the fans. Everyone loses. There's a, there's a winner and loser in every match. You don't have to win to get a good reaction, to get noticed. Um, and a lot of times you want the fans to go home happy, right? So the good guy wins because that's the story, right? That's the art is good guy versus bad guy. Sometimes bad guy wins, but people love to see the good guy win. And this is where
0: I love wrestling because wrestling is very much speaks on life itself, because you notice a lot of fans, especially when you get to the WWE level, they're cheering for the heel. They're cheering for the bad guy. So the line is now blurred. What's the good guy? What's the face? What's the bad guy? What's the heel? Because it seems like we like our faces until we don't like them anymore. And then we really, really hate them. And we hate our heels until we really like them and we go to the dark side. And that line of blurred between good and evil, and that's the fun of wrestling. I remember Honky Talk Man, you know, the second greatest intercontinental champion of all time because Gunther is now, and Gunther rightfully deserving no matter what anybody says. But he was booed forever as a face... And people eventually loved booing him, and he was just unnaturally evolved into the heel. So yep. you could think you're a face, you could think you're as a heel, like Mason says all the time. The fans will tell you ultimately where yep. these things stand with it.
1: Yeah, the fans always decide if if they don't like you, they'll let you know. and it's very hard to change their mind. But if they if they want to boo you, if if you can do it right, that's almost just as good as them going crazy for you, right?
0: I'll tell you this last final thought as we end today's episode and he'll be back. Bruiser will come back for another week because we got to get into Bruiser's take on wrestling and as far as where we're at in WWE because I know he's a big fan. So I got to hear where his take is on some storylines. But as we're ending today's episode, I'll tell you this much because when I started off in the blogging world before I got into podcasting, someone told me if they're not ripping you online, you ain't famous enough. So there's the worst thing in the world is to put content out there So you actually put a message out there and nobody responds. Nobody's seen it. Nobody cares. That I would say is worse. If you have all of a sudden 100,000 hits and everybody's ragging on you and everybody's yelling and everybody's commenting on those other comments, that's not a bad thing. You've invoked a reaction. If you are a performer, if you're doing an art form, whether it's in wrestling, whether you're writing, whatever it is, if you have a crowd reaction and they love you, they hate you, they're reacting to you. It's all good at the end of the day. So that's how I kind of look at it. So yep. I say, bring on the heel. It's all, yeah. it's all beautiful. This has been Professional Wrestling, the podcast. That's Bruiser Battersby. I'm Jonathan Cohen, the Chosen Lawyer. We'll see you back next week, and we'll talk some more wrestling.